Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com hey folks it's matt zachary and welcome to vax on a weekly segment of my podcast out of patience right here on the off script media network hey i'm alura nanos i'm a lawyer a journalist a mom of a teenage narcoleptic and a professional big mouth lou and i go back 30 years as best friends, and we're here to have fun and bring you a layperson's guide to what the hell just happened this week in healthcare as America gets its vax on and shows COVID the door. Matt gets me. He knows I'm tired, annoyed, and sometimes pushed to the brink by the intense chaos of our lives right now. We're here together to learn, complain, and include you in the conversation. So join us on Twitter at VaxOnPod and share your stories and grievances using the hashtag VaxOn. Conspiracy theorists and haters shall be neutralized on site. All right, Matt, let's get at it. Hey, guys, Matt, do we have someone else here again with us? I couldn't resist. You know, the guy's so nice. We brought him on twice. Andrew Dell here again on VaxOn. Hello. I'm so excited. I'm here. It's great to be here with you. This time I can hear your hair. <laughs> I turned it up. I turned it up. It is mellifluous hair if I ever heard it. <laughs> I have one good update for this week. Tell me. My kids are graduating from fifth grade and the reason graduation was postponed was because of the weather and not because of stupid COVID. So they will be fifth grade graduates as of tomorrow, Friday. They will be fifth grade graduates. Oh, that's exciting. You know, it's funny because I know that, I, you know, I got the note that said that your kid's graduation was postponed and it didn't even occur to me that it was because of rain. I just assumed that it was something COVID related. Yeah, we just assumed. And yet New York State ended every single COVID restriction this particular week. And yet schools still need masks and they can't do graduation inside. Yes, of that's course, right, right. Because they're kids. Yes, who don't get COVID and don't die from COVID. Well, sure. I mean, there but, are there are stats that say otherwise. I'll just say that kids are now 10 times more likely to get cancer than COVID. Okay. They're, they're 10 times more likely to get beat up than yes. they are to... Uh, Teasing the second half of the show. That's what, We're going to get there. As you were saying that, um, one of the things that occurred to me, ha tell me if this has happened to you guys, that anytime anyone tells you like sort of any update or information about logistics, like anything being canceled, any plans being changed, anything not being able to occur, 
that your initial reaction and comment is, oh, is that because of COVID? Yes. And then the other person's like, no, no, actually, it's not. It's something totally unrelated. But I wonder how long this is going to go on for, that that's like your automatic triggered response, that you just assume everything is because of COVID. I'm going to just go with at least another 14 or 15 years. <laughs> like, literally, it, you know, swim practice is canceled. Oh, is, is that because of right. COVID? <laughs> no, it's fucking raining yes. in the pool. Like. Just people we, we it takes us a while to uh to pull back from from major habits that we've developed one thing that i have noticed is that in terms of my mask my mask has kind of a permanent spot in my back left pocket that's where it lives and it's been coming out less and less frequently and I realized this week that I think that the way that I'm currently using my mask mimics the way that I'll probably plan to use it in the future in order to avoid all kinds of illness. And body odor. Yes, and body odor. We talked about the subway stank. And subway juice, I think, is the phrase yes. we used last week. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the mask is a, is a helpful tool that I'll continue to use heading off into the future and I, I hope that it won't carry too many political associations. I'm hoping that we don't need as many. Like I have like thousands of masks. Yeah. So I'm hoping I can cut my mask habit down to about six, you know, and just leave <laughs> Well, it they're going to be the new umbrellas. Oh, sure. Which is like the thing I always forget and just pile up, but I never bring when I need no, it. No, but I mean like they break on the street and you just see this dead cemetery of umbrellas all over the literally Manhattan. Yes. You're going to see the same thing with masks. I saw your tweet about that. Yeah. I, I, I believe I liked it. I certainly agreed with it. <laughs> well, if you didn't like it, you didn't agree with it. <laughs> don't you know how social media works? <laughs> I Yeah, you didn't have the thought on it. Let's, you, you let's talk it. about how social media works. Yes. How does it work? <laughs> I say something, social and media. if you like it, you agree. And if you don't, I hate you. Yes, yes. And it all it it's all depends very binary. It all depends on on how much outrage it cultivates. In yes, me. there's an outrageometer of only zero and one. You're either outraged <laughs> exactly. or you're yes. not. Right. There's no gray area. And if you retweet. If you retweet whatever I write, it means that we're friends forever. Yes. It's like the the new equivalent of having one of those broken heart yes. necklaces. <laughs> but if you make me a hashtag and not tag me, you're dead to me. So that's how social media works. Yes. This concludes our <laughs> broadcast. <laughs> Good night, folks. But listen, I have a question. You guys are very knowledgeable. Mm. She um, thinks we're knowledgeable. So, <laughs> no, but I feel like so. I'm confused and I feel like I need a little help. So... Do you know about this Delta variant? Yes, there's also like a gamma variant too. Do you hear that too? Yes. And I'm not going to lie. I saw a headline that said like COVID and Delta. And the, the first airlines, thing I right? thought was that, yes, that's what I thought. And I was like, fuck, wait, weren't they in the news because of something? They did something that Republicans disliked and now it's COVID and oh no, I can't fly Delta. And that's totally not what I thought they completely about. changed their breast cancer awareness month in October to be COVID awareness month and dress their plane up as a coronavirus. <laughs> kind of Instead fun. of the pink jet, it's a coronavirus jet. Delta, not a sponsor. Could it be a sponsor though? And please send me someplace. <laughs> Yeah, so there's the Delta and Gamma variants, which I, you know, I love. Remember before we were talking about the collective, we were talking about COVID variants and we were like um, labeling them from the country that they came from. It was like the South African variant right, or right. whatever. So now we're calling them the Delta variants and the Gamma variants, which I mean, sounds very scientific. Wait, so we're de-geographizing them. Yes, because we, I think we all learned like that's not what we should do because same issue with the Spanish flu and the Wuhan virus. Like, so now we're going to call it the Delta variant and the gamma variant. And okay. So here's how I feel about this. It's like they giveth and they taketh away because 
First, they're going to freak me out by telling me there's this new variant and it's like terrible and nobody knows if the vaccines work and holy shit, it's different and everything's going to be crazy. And then they're like, oh, but wait, the vaccines totally work against it. So try not to freak out. Why do they lead with fear? Lead with the good stuff first. How about like anyone who's been vaccinated or lives in a city? Oh, like New York, that's been like 80 percent vaccinated. Just shut the radio off right now. Anyone else that isn't those people, turn up the volume. We've already talked about how social media works. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. And now we need to talk about how the media in general works. I redact. Yes. I mean, I think we know that you lead with the negative in general. That's sort of the... That's how you get eyeballs, Matt. I'm a media professional. Even I know this. Earballs and eyeballs. (laughs) Earballs. Earballs. Why has that phrase not been coined? I've coined it. Uh, I've not chosen to pick it up and carry it forward, but, you know, we'll see. It's out there now. It's been mentioned on Vax On. Yes. (laughs) Yes, because otherwise, what is the slang that means, like, how many people listen to a podcast? Listeners. That sort of sucks, though. I like eyeballs and earballs better. Yes, exactly. Like, I knew exactly what you meant. You said earballs. Why don't we say eardrums? Nah, that's too musical. (laughs) Yeah, that's musical. (laughs) I need something with a triple entendre. I like it. Okay. Right. All right. I'm calling it earballs from now on. Anyway, you get more earballs when you lead with fear. Right. So the Delta variant, apparently, I will lead with good news, is that all of the vaccines that people have taken are really good at you not getting the Delta variant or even carrying the Delta, Gamma, what was it, Sigma, Rho, Tau, let's go up the Greek alphabet, all of them, you're fine. (laughs) But if you are not vaccinated or live in a community that has not been largely vaccinated, you're probably at risk to get this. And it's insanely contagious. And it sounds like, again, the whole point of the vaccines are that even if you contract some version of the virus, it won't kill you. You won't end up hospitalized. And like it seems to be working no matter what variant you have. And isn't that great? And of course, they don't have firm statistics because the vaccine was not tested on the gamma variant or the delta variant. It was tested on the original COVID-19. But great news, it seems to still be working. So this sounds like science at work. And can I just have license to be like, great, I'm vaccinated. I'm not going to worry about this. Yeah, I'll go with yes. I'm not being irresponsible, right? Like, I mean, I'm doing everything that I can do. I live someplace where everybody's vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. My family's vaccinated. Uh, Like, I'm okay. I'm going to agree. Okay. Yeah, there are there are multiple variants out there. There are five variants of concern and two variants of interest. The India variant. Look at Andrew coming in yeah. with like the full on statistics. It was there. formerly known as the India variant. Wait, is the there one a variant now. of dispute or variant of content? <laughs> <laughs> a variant of ill repute? Yes. Uh, not yet. Uh, at least not as classified by our friends at Axios. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the Delta variant is the one that was first discovered in India, uh, and is still called by some the India variant. Vaccines are mostly effective against it. It is up to 115% more transmissible. So it's really just about being vaccinated or being unvaccinated. That's where the fear should live among those who are still not vaccinated. Right. Don't worry about becoming magnetic, folks. Worry about catching COVID. Exactly. (laughs) 
the time has come. It's time for the segment where we talk about kids. Dun, dun, dum, dum, dum. So look, this is like a very real issue. Uh, and Matt and I are both, oh, all three of us, right? We all have children under yes. 12. My daughter is going to be turning 12 this summer, so she'll be able to get vaccinated as soon as she turns 12. But, you know, it is a very legitimate concern if you have a child who is yet too young to be vaccinated. You know, what do you do about risks with those children? Because on one hand, COVID really has never seemed to affect young children on the rate that it affects adults. But at the same time, it's not a nothing risk. You know, it is a real risk that COVID is out there. So, like, what do we do with that? I play the risk game. I just look at odds. And what else can you do except, what, live in fear? I think that's how lots of people try to not live, but unfortunately may be stuck in that mire. But as I said at the top of the show, if there's a 0.002 chance that my kid can get COVID and yet a 0.1 chance they can get leukemia, I'm going to worry more about leukemia than COVID. Are you expecting that the average listener knows that 0.1 is more than 0.008 or something? Math, people, math. You're talking about decimals there. <laughs> yes, just listen to the number of zeros that follow the point. <laughs> I'm just telling you, like, if you think most people know that, you are wrong, my No, friend. I'm going to agree again on this, but you asked me particularly, and I just follow risk and reward. And is it worth worrying about something that's not statistically worth worrying about if there's something that is way more tangible that is potentially worth worrying about that's still an extremely low risk anyway? You know, I read this really interesting article in the New York Times that was, you know, it's it was one of those articles that pointed out something that we all sort of know, but it kind of, you know, verbalized it. And it was like that people generally perceive risks differently uh, and perceive risks in a way that maybe isn't necessarily commensurate with what the numerical risk actually is. So people take for granted that, you know, we have to use cars because they're part of their regular life. But then the risk associated with car accidents is like way worse than the risk associated with COVID deaths, especially for children. But because we kind of have already accepted that we're always going to use cars, no one even considers not using cars as a way of reducing potential risk for their children. But yet, you know, I'm sure we've all seen there are plenty of people I know who have really weird practices and, and hang ups about air travel with their kids. Like I know people who always split their family up and travel on different airplanes what? because in their mind. Oh, yeah, because in their mind, it like reduces the risk of of them dying in a plane crash or I, I don't know. People have like weird habits. Mm. In, in reality, it actually increases the probability. But I mean, whatever people have people just have different perceptions about how they're going to handle risk. I remember, you know, my first job as a lawyer is that I prosecuted child abuse cases. And one of the most startling statistics that I learned is that more children are harmed from child abuse than from like all illnesses combined. You know, so it was some statistic that was crazy like that. And it was like, this was, is it even cancer, you know, that, that you really can't necessarily control. This is like intentional stuff that happens to kids. And you very rarely see people out there thinking about that as a real risk factor. Well, on that list, um, and then, on that list was like drowning. You're more likely to drown as a kid under 12 than get COVID by a huge factor. Right, right. Drowning is like a very, very real risk. It's a risk, very real risk. Uh, and yet with, with we're perceiving this something else that's infinitesimally unquantifiable. But the perception, as you point out, is just that it's, they're getting this no matter what I do, and we're going to go live in a bank vault. Exactly. 
Does it have to be a bank vault? Well, what other kind of vault is there? Fort Knox vault? A, a gold vault. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Let, let me rewind and go back to Die Hard 2 and see what right. they called it. When so. you think about <laughs> all of the institutional modifications that need to be made at a school in order to implement practices of social distancing and uh, in order to change all the rules about the ways in which people are supposed to interact, the ways in which people are grouped throughout the day, and the fact that it's the very tail end of the school year. I think that's the main reason that social distancing guidelines are still in place at schools because it would take so much work. It would take weekends at school on the part of teachers and other staff at schools in order to change the structures of these institutions in order to turn all of these mechanisms off at this state. Well, especially here in New York, which yes. is like 80 different countries worth of school district. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Tell me if, if you guys think I'm wrong. My assumption is that over the summer, life in school will just sort of reset. We'll come back in September and they'll be like, never mind. Yes. That is what I'm expecting. Do you think I'm and wrong And in New York, that? that's an announcement that's already been made. That yeah. The full intent. Remote is dead. Yes. Oh, yes. really? There's no remote option ever again? Except if there's a snow day. I didn't know that. So in my district, they already announced that, yes, we're going back to school full time in September, but they're going to continue having mm. a remote option. However, my guess um, is that the addition of a remote option, of course, I, I'm in a district that is much smaller than New York City. My guess is that their continuation of the remote option has nothing to do with COVID. And it has actually more to do with children with special learning needs and, and other educational issues where they found that that was actually a good option for a certain segment of the student population. Yeah, it's a skill. It's a skill that's worth holding on to. It's, it, it's a good idea for us to not forget how to do this. I and agree. there are benefits to be enjoyed by people who, who run businesses as well. Speaking of which, it's, it's as if you're trying to jump over to the next segment, Andrew, what? you're doing it again. What? I'm not going to let you go there yet, though, because <laughs> there's a story in between. I'm sorry. You, you keep prematurely segmenting. <laughs> Dear segment two, God. we're coming for you. <laughs> God. But listen, before we go there, we have to talk about some fun stuff. Ready? It's the Olympics. The Olympics? Olympics. I don't know. I'm not a sports person. The, the thing with the five rings. You know that I'm not a sports person either. No. But I have learned to really enjoy the Olympics in recent years because my children are competitive swimmers. So we now watch swimming in the Olympics. And holy shit, you got to see what these people are doing in the pool. It's, it's a large pool too. It's 50 meters long, which is long. Well, they call that an Olympic-sized swimming pool. It's, let me tell you, it's amazing what these people are doing. But we had talked a few episodes ago about the controversy in Japan over having the Olympics there because essentially Japan was a shit show COVID wise. And they were like, people were like riding in the streets saying this is this is uh, unsafe and we shouldn't have it. But great news. Japan has gotten its act together since then. And a good amount of the country is vaccinated. And every day, millions more people are getting vaccinated. And they're saying all the athletes are vaccinated. So basically, like, you know, they're limiting attendance to 50%. Lots of people are being vaccinated. They're taking some precautions. And it sounds like it's not as much of a danger zone as people initially feared. So they're going ahead and holding it. Good for them. Great. Terrific. Does that, are you not going to watch? Andrew, where are you on this? I, I <laughs> Matt doesn't give a shit about I don't. I, I, I always uh, follow a trajectory with the Olympics. Um, there's a dismissive 
element to it. I, I watched the hype gradually build, typically on NBC. Um, but then by the time it's over, I'm fully on board and I'm tuning in uh, again and again on a daily basis. That is exactly what happened to me over the yeah. years is that I was like an Olympics denier in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then I would like slowly kind of catch up. And now I know myself well enough to know that that is what I'm going to do. So I'm just going to start now. I'm nowhere near an enthusiast on the level that some other people are. I do appreciate very much seeing my daughter in particular watch other female athletes and be really inspired by just their athleticism and their teamwork and all that. And it's a nice thing to see because it's an activity she's doing. So she's seeing these these adults doing the same thing that she is and it's inspiring to her. So I'm I'm enjoying that aspect of it. I mean, go team. There's no can, mermaid. Look at Matt's There's face. no mermaid Olympics though. I mean, not yet. Right. Because your daughter's a mermaid. <laughs> she indeed. She she in fact told someone today that she she learned today. Um, so she came to a doctor's appointment with me and the doctor told her that he recently attended a bar mitzvah where there was a professional mermaid next to the ice sculpture. And my daughter realized that this is a part-time job she could have while she's in high school and college. And she was totally on board. Did she like Pixar's Luca? Loved it. It was so good. Oh, yeah? Andrew, did you watch this movie? Not yet. Oh, come it's on, like man. It's like Splash meets Little Mermaid meets Cars 2 is meets... There, is there some Moana in there? Nah, Moana-ish. No one controls water, really. It was so sweet. Everyone Meets should go watch Nemo. it. It was such... They kind of crunched a bunch of movie ideas together. I wasn't thrilled with Meets it, but I thought Pride it was Month. good. You weren't thrilled Not with it? Not my top 10 Pixar movies. Well, I mean, that's a difficult field right there. I mean, you can't... Nobody's beating Toy Story and no, no, Finding no. Nemo. Wally, Soul, Toy Story, Finding Nemo, Wally. Incredibles, and Cars. Top five. Oh, you just had that, like, right Well, my kids challenged list. me... To what my top five Pixar movies were. So I memorized the top five. I have not yet seen Soul. Oh, it's so good. It's Soul so good. is terrific. Yeah. yeah. It really is. It's a, I, I'm going to need to watch it. But I love those people at Pixar. That movie was made know. for Matt. Yes, it was. Really? Yes. My daughter doesn't want to watch it because there's death in it. And she's she's fiercely anti-death in movies. So if she thinks there's anything remotely approaching death, she won't watch it. I wonder if Bree's going to keep this part of the conversation. <laughs> i just opened up the vaccination levels for countries across the world and out of curiosity i wondered where japan was because i know that it wasn't too long ago when they were only at one percent right uh around the time that they announced that they were going to go forward and now it's like 18 percent, right actually it's 7.7 percent Yes, here's what I have. 7% are fully vaccinated and 18% have gotten one dose. Right. That's Shinzo Abe for the win. Yeah. <laughs> you just pulled that out of your ass too. Japan, not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, here's some ads. Ah. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, and we're back. And even though we teased segment two and we talked about segment two, Andrew alluded to segment three. What are we talking about? Well, you know how the workplace has been sort of permanently changed because of COVID? I do not know what you're talking about. (laughs) Because you don't have a workplace. Right. As I sit inside a podcast studio. No, I'm kidding. So you know how, you know, people are working remotely now and everyone knows that the workplace has permanently changed because of COVID. One of the things that's happening that I'm just starting to hear about is that more people than ever are actually quitting their jobs. Why? Don't get excited. I'm not saying that they're quitting their jobs and they're like going to go on the open road and never work again. They're quitting their jobs. And then for many of them, they're finding other jobs. But essentially what this, you know, economists are saying that this is a really good sign of a robust economy, because what it means is that professionals are job jumping and finding jobs that suit them better. And that's a really good thing. It can be difficult for the employers because they're dealing with employee turnover, but it generally is perceived as a good sign of a healthy economy when people feel confident that they don't have to hold on to their jobs the way they are, but that they can go seek a better job. Is that related to, I'm going to make this up, like some kind of COVID life crisis that everyone just went through in 18 months? COVID YOLO. Really? I think that 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 is one perception of this is that there it is in some way affected by um, a feeling of who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. We have to live for today. We have to do the right thing today and we have to make the right choices because we've all just been home for all this time. And if we're going to go back to work and get off of our couches, we better have the right job to do that with. So the what am I doing with my life sort of self philanthropic assessment is happening. Yep. And there's some additional financial support from the government, which makes a move a little bit less risky. I wonder also if it's, um, I know that one of the things that has happened in my home is that my husband for years has never been able to work even one day from home. It was like not an option for him to ever work from home. So, and COVID happened and now he works from home exclusively. And what that's done for me is that it enables me to be freed up to go and do things out in the world more because he's here at home to be here for my children. And so it's caused this interesting ripple effect where he has the same job, but it's allowed me to do some different things that 10 years ago I could never have done because I'm not so tethered to my house anymore. Um, And I'm sure that that's happened for many people out there. And I think that that's a great thing. Is there any data to suggest that employers are trying to retain the employees seeking to leave or these are like 
non-starters because they just want to reboot their lives and find themselves? Well, there is a stat that compares the number of U.S. workers leaving their jobs compared to the number who did so at the same time last year. But that's not an answer to your question, is it? You can leave now. Yeah. yeah. Those stats are still interesting, though. This other statistic that says um, in March, a survey of 2,000 workers by Prudential Financial, a quarter of them said that they that they plan to look for a role with a different employer. So, I mean, I, but that's really only just one small slice of the population that we're talking about here. Um, I, I think the one thing that was meaningful to me is that economists said people leaving their jobs is the sign of a good economy. You know, we're not talking about people being fired. We're talking about people voluntarily leaving their job. And that implies a degree of financial security, perhaps um, opportunity, and and it should be a good thing overall. And the jobs report came out this week, didn't it? Like 7% increase in employment? Here we go. Businesses with 1,000 or more employees saw employment growth of 7.3%. So that's great. That's according to ADP. Funny how it took a pandemic to shock people into realizing they could live better lives. I think that the pandemic, at least like anecdotally among the people I know, I, I have seen an impact that it has had in terms of people's psychology about their jobs. Um, that I, I really have seen uh, people say that they just feel differently about their jobs. Many people have said that now that they're home a lot, uh, that they just have a different feeling about going back to work. It's almost like they've seen what could be. You know, I've had sort of a non-traditional job for many years. And I know how I think of the sort of typical workforce that I feel like when I see people going to office jobs where they're working for 14 hours a day outside their home on someone else's timetable, my initial reaction is like, sucker. <laughs> like, I would never want to do that. Wait, um, what do you do again? Yeah, I mean, indeed. I have a profession where I have the luxury of having almost 100% control over my own schedule. And for me, that has always been really important because I'm really the primary caretaker for small children. I have a lot of charity work that I do, you know, so I have things that are really important to me that are different from my profession. And I need to have that level of control over my own schedule and over my own life. And I think that working from home has sort of introduced that same kind of freedom and control to many people who are used to just working in someone else's building on someone else's schedule. And once they've gotten a taste of it, it's like, hey, this is the way to go. I just want to see less cars on the BQE. <laughs> Please work from home, New Yorkers. I need a faster drive into Manhattan. Right, because it's you should get an advantage. It's not that you should stay home. It's all about me <laughs> and my miles per gallon. You enjoyed your I Am Legend experience during the height of the pandemic. I was you? one of the few people that still drove. I mean, I, I obviously stopped taking the subway, but I did drive in every single day of the week from March through probably last October. So I have a question about that. Yeah. So you were driving into Manhattan, you know, of course, not taking public transportation, but you were driving in and you are a cancer survivor. So I need to know, how are you not freaked out? You know, I was afraid to open my front door. How, why is it that you think you felt safe and confident enough to venture into Manhattan to go to work every day when so many of us were afraid to even eat the strawberries without leaving them in our garage for three Because days I had COVID. And I had antibodies. But other people had that, had it too and still just were freaked out. You were also encountering zero people over the that course of true. your day. That is true. I interacted with nobody. 
Yeah. Okay, so it was like your Manhattan. It was literally like was I really... leave my 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 car is in the driveway in a garage in my building. I get in it. I drive what is now an hour and 20 minutes took me 18 minutes. <laughs> I get into That's the terrible. garage. It's a remote handoff to the people in the garage. I walk to the office. I interact with nobody. I'm here alone all day. And then I just rinse and repeat. So I had no That real- sounds like a fabulous existence. Hey, we built a company <laughs> during the pandemic. But honestly, I don't really live my life to believe that there should be fear inhibiting what I want to get done. Recognizing that there clearly is risk and I have liabilities with my wife and my family and my kids. But my perception was that I was not endangering myself or anyone by having mitigated risk behavior. Yeah, and I think and I think that that was accurate because you could count on encountering zero people during that entire process. Right. It made sense. And during during most of that time, uh, for my part, as we were building this company together, I established a, a, a mini studio in my basement uh, and an office. And that's where I worked. And I worked rem- remotely with Matt. And eventually uh, I joined Matt here. He trusted my glorious antibodies. That's right. That I kept testing positive for. You guys were the first two people that I was indoors with during this whole process. I think I started coming there when in, in April, maybe? I broke lots of people's and, uh, COVID cherries. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to keep doing it, folks. <laughs> you guys were like my COVID threesome, yes. right? <laughs> we were. So there you go. That's how I found a balance of risk reward. I would not have been able to build this company from my home. I'm one of those people that do not have real estate in our apartment to have done this. And I live next to an elevated train. Ah, uh, sound engineering nightmare. It's like uh, 12 angry men on steroids. <laughs> I think it's important for people to continue to talk with each other about how they personally deal with the risk calculus. Um, because I was reading today that you know, it, it was a column, I think, in the New York Times where the advice takeaway of the column was, if you tend to lean more conservative and you have a lot of conservative friends, encourage your friends to get vaccinated. And if you tend to lean liberal and have more liberal minded friends, talk to each other about how you manage risk, because you might have a fear that's a little bit out of balance with what the risk really is. And I just I mean, not to make everything political, but I did think that that was really interesting. And I feel like there's only good to happen by people continuing to talk to each other about how they go about making decisions and how they go about balancing and mitigating risk and dealing with how they make difficult choices. Yeah, And when for some reason our reaction to the pandemic became politicized, uh, regrettably, whomever you choose to blame for that is also to blame for the fact that we're having trouble letting go with some of the habits that don't make sense anymore uh, because, because people have identified with it. Uh, in the way that they identify with their political stance and their political team. Yeah. I think it's going to help companies increase their headcounts more rapidly than they might otherwise now that they have the remote work option in their toolbox. Because thinking about hiring someone doesn't necessarily mean that you need to think about where their desk will be located in your physical space. Very important point. All right. So for your dose of optimism, there you go, listeners. Thank you for joining us on this week's Vax on. <laughs> Bye, everybody. That's all for today, folks. 
If you like today's show, the conversation continues on Twitter at VaxonPod. That's V-A-X-O-N pod. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your friends to listen. Vaxon is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Alora Nanos. Our senior producers are Brianna Seeley and Andrew McDowell. It is mixed and edited by Brianna Seeley. Our theme music is by Chair Model. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make recommendations. For more information, visit offscript.com.